The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle on WKNC FM Raleigh. It's April 19th, 2017. The time is 5.07 p.m., and on behalf of the team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Nick Weaver. And I'm Marissa Jordan, bringing you all this week's episode of Eye on the Triangle. We've got some great content for you all today. Welcome to our last show of the 2016-2017 school year. Yep, we'll uh, resume during the summer, but this is our last one for this semester. Gotta study for those exams. Anyway... Nick brings you his modest mouth review. This week, he takes a look at August by Cake by Guided by Voices. And uh, before that, we will have Will uh, bringing you his restaurant review, Taste of the Triangle. This week, he does a multi-restaurant review of alcoholic beverages in lieu of his 21st birthday. Congrats, Will. But uh, first, Marissa's going to take a look at some local news. Calls for criminal investigation. NC false allegations of voter fraud. There are now calls for a criminal investigation into almost 600 false allegations of voter fraud listed by the North Carolina GOP. Democracy North Carolina called for action on Tuesday, releasing a report about instances of voters being falsely accused of casting ballots illegally. Carol Turner of Moore County is one of them. She moved to North Carolina last June and says she made sure she transferred her voter registration in time for the November election only to find out she was listed as a fraudulent voter. It really made me angry, especially since I took such special care to avoid this kind of stuff. Given this past election and all the questions about it, I wanted to make sure that people knew where I was and where I was voting. I did what I was supposed to do as a responsible citizen, and then this happened. In published reports immediately following the election, the former governor and his party alleged voter fraud in 50 counties. In a statement, the North Carolina GOP called Democracy NC secretly funded left-wing group connected to Governor Roy Cooper and its report a disgusting attempt to bully everyday citizens. Bob Hall with Democracy NC says while former Governor Pat McCrory ultimately did not succeed in proving fraud or winning the election, there is significant and permanent damage when fraud is alleged. Being supported by people telling these lies over and over and over again, it's very difficult to undo that. And they were feeding into that mythology or that fantasy of voter fraud. A criminal investigation would have to be initiated by a local district attorney where the false accusations were made and voters were called out in 37 counties. Turner says she wants someone to be held accountable. Somebody can go and put my name out there with absolutely no proof at all that I did anything wrong. And that's what bothers me more than anything. It made me question what's going on in this country, that people can do that to innocent people without any accountability. Federal law prohibits the intimidation of voters or actions where two or more people conspire to oppress a voter. And in the state, 
it's against the law to knowingly swear falsely with respect to any matter relating to a primary or an election. White people in North Carolina are more than one and a half times more likely to own a home when compared with people of color. That's according to the Corporation for Enterprise Development. Several groups have teamed up to try to reverse that trend, including the NAACP, the National Urban League, and the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. That group's Ron Cooper says the Fair Housing Act of 1968 enabled more people to be able to purchase real estate, and in the decades since then, home ownership for people of color increased to 46%. It has declined now to 41%, which is very dangerous. So we're on the campaign as an advocacy organization, raising the alarm to how important it is in building communities and building wealth. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, by 2024, 75% of the expected 14 million new households in the U.S. will be diverse. In North Carolina, 72% of whites own their own homes, compared with 45% of people of color. This year, Wells Fargo committed to try to reverse the downward trend of home ownership. The group's Brad Blackwell blames the decline on stagnant wages in the middle class, access to credit, and a lack of generational wealth. It will cause people to invest in not only their home and take pride in that home, but take pride in their community. It makes for better schools. It makes for better economics for the larger community. It is a really good thing. Cooper says people of color have a much harder time getting a loan. He says the reason the National Association of Real Estate Brokers formed was because African-American soldiers weren't being given equal opportunities to get VA loans when they returned from World War II. Historically, there has been an issue in terms of race and in terms of mortgage access. And we're still at this point discussing where is that level of parity at. Cooper says renting puts families further behind, adding that about 60% of renters spend close to a third of their income on rent. Good afternoon, 88.1 WKNC. You are tuned in to Taste of the Triangle, your source for local food and culture in Raleigh and the surrounding area. I hope you all have had a good winter. Mine was certainly quite a trip, mostly dominated by schoolwork, but I've had some opportunities for fun as well. One such opportunity was turning 21 this past Wednesday. I would like to share with you my adventures since then. I went to Fuh 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 Noodle Kitchen and Bar on my 21st birthday for dinner. I actually had a show about Fuh 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 not long ago, you may recall, and part of the show was speaking on the cocktails. Well, I'm here to admit that I wasn't really qualified to speak on the cocktails until recently, but I'm qualified now, so here goes. I enjoyed a drink called the Bronze Drum with my bowl of pho. This is a gin-based drink with lime juice, jalapeno, cilantro, and ginger. Initially, you are punched with the spiciness from the jalapeno, but as the drink settles, the ginger starts to take over and cleanses your palate, and by the time you've swallowed, it's as if you drank nothing at all. This is a great drink if you want to try a bunch of different dishes and pass them around to your friends. After dinner, I made my way to Sea Grace on Glenwood, this lovely spot met me with lively jazz and low lighting upon entry. I informed the bartender of the occasion, and after learning of my preference for whiskey, he suggested a Manhattan. I gladly accepted my classic cocktail of whiskey, bitters, and sweet vermouth, and made my way to the back of the bar where I could enjoy the live music and the company of my friends. 
We sat in a living room style space and played a game of Scrabble over our drinks. I was tempted to buy another Manhattan. The first was incredible, but I opted for another classic, the Whiskey Sour. In the past, I've had the drink with whiskey, lemon juice, and sugar, but the addition of egg white took it over the edge. The unique consistency lingers on your palate. It is perhaps my favorite drink. Three new cocktails under my belt, I decided to call it a night. Then on Friday, I made my way out again. This time, I was after beer. What better place to start than the Raleigh Beer Garden? This place was an experience. There are three levels to the Raleigh Beer Garden. The ground floor has outdoor seating and over 100 taps from local breweries. The second floor has over 200 taps from around the world and the rooftop has an amazing view as well as 30 or so bottles and cans. In addition to the formidable tap list available under the Tap Hunter tab at theraleighbeergarden.com, RBG has a fairly comprehensive food selection as well. We were there for the beer mostly, but the beer battered pretzel was out of this world, as well as the maple bourbon bacon. I'll not bore you with a profile on every brew I tried, but one in particular stood out for me. Foothills Brewery's Seeing Double IPA was full of flavor with a high bitterness complemented by a citrusy finish. Even if this doesn't strike your fancy, I highly recommend checking out the 300 other taps and laid-back atmosphere of the Raleigh Beer Garden. My last stop on Friday was Trophy Brewing on Maywood Avenue. Less than half a mile from my home, this convenient little spot has a neighborhood atmosphere with plenty of outdoor seating and a food truck on most nights. I ordered a flight to test the waters, and I was not disappointed. Trophy offers a variety of options, from stouts to ciders. One of my favorite beers is their Double Death Spiral, a honey IPA. You've probably figured out my beer preference by now. Whatever your preference, Trophy is another great place to go for a pint with your pals. I've got one more bar to share with you today. Last night, I enjoyed a date at The Oak on Lake Boone Trail. Focused on bourbon, the Oak has over 20 premium small batch options, as well as a number of specialty cocktails. I enjoyed an old-fashioned made with not only house bitters, but house bourbon as well. For appetizers, we shared black bean and chicken nachos drenched in premium three-cheese sauce and topped in the typical fashion. For the meal, I ordered a brie and beef slider plate and she the short rib sliders. Mine were good, but the short rib took the cake. After the meal, the waitress surprised us with an anniversary gift of decadent chocolate mousse. The dessert paired quite nicely with the richness of our old fashions, and I would give the overall experience an A+. The next time you want to impress a date, consider the Oak on Lake Boone Trail. I have covered a variety of establishments today. But one thing that they all have in common is a dedication to delivering a quality product in an enjoyable atmosphere. That makes each of them a tasty slice of the Triangle's culinary pie. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about my escapades since my coming of age. And if you have or have not, or you have a suggestion on what I should try next, feel free to email publicaffairs at wknc.org. This has been Taste of the Triangle. I'm Will Mayo. Please remember to drink responsibly and stay hungry, my friends.
Hello and welcome. I'm Nick Weaver of Eye on the Triangle, and you are listening to the Modest Mouth Review. Today's album on the chopping block is August by Cake by Guided by Voices. Yep, no fancy opening spiel today, just gonna jump right into it. As always, the first question is, just who are Guided by Voices? For starters, indie veterans Guided by Voices have been around and releasing albums since 1987. After a rather hefty, continuous stream of releases, they dropped their newest addition to the pile on April 7th, 2017. Featuring over 30 tracks, each clocking in under 3 minutes with the exception of two tracks, both at 3.30, August by Cake was received with little attention or applause, and it doesn't take much effort to understand why. To be clear, Guided by Voices are no strangers to extremely lengthy albums, with pretty much all of them coming in at around 30 tracks. This isn't a deterrent in itself when at least some of those tracks stand out in some form, but with 32 tracks of continuous monotony, this interesting quirk quickly becomes a nightmare. If an album forces you to continually check what track number you're on in hopes that it's almost over, then it's fundamentally failing at being an interesting album. And it's not to say the songs on August by Cake are sonically offensive or bad. In fact, on their own, the tracks are pretty average, some even slightly catchy. But the thing is, absolutely none of these tracks are singles. None of them are so fantastic that they warrant repeated radio play or excessive attention. They're all just meh. Within five seconds, the listener knows exactly what the rest of the song will sound like. No highs or lows, no sudden twists, and honestly, there might not have even been any bridges either. This is an album that sounds like someone took a series of sewing patterns and wrote songs about them. Continuous, repetitive, and boring. August by Cake makes it fundamentally clear that there's no grand artistry happening here, just an attempt to keep going. The band is getting old, and it's nowhere more apparent than in the lead vocals. Hearing age in a voice isn't necessarily a bad thing, but Guided by Voices doesn't seem to have tried to adapt to fit their new ages and abilities. The complexity of the vocals is dropped, the intensity of the guitar riffs is minimal, and the drumming is mild-paced at best. This album comes off as very similar to the last few Pixies albums, a revival attempt for an early 90s band that can't remember what made them good to begin with. With each mediocre release, the fans get closer to forgetting too. There's something to be said about a band that explodes violently after 3 or 4 albums as opposed to a band that whittles away after 12. If there's any value to be found here, I can't see it. Perhaps if one slogs through every track on this album meticulously, they'll find something they can enjoy. I certainly couldn't, and why should you be forced to wade through a pile of rubbish to find one or two dirty, cracked diamonds in the rough? This gimmick of 30 tracks on an album is probably the band's biggest downfall at this point. It was never a huge boon, but now in their twilight years with their catalog growing increasingly more stale, Guided by Voices is dooming itself under a mountain of indiscernible garbage while trying to run on whatever fumes they've got left. It's not fair to say that it's time to quit, but it's hard to say that there's any real way to salvage the band's sound at this point. August by Cake is so fundamentally flawed that you'd be hard-pressed to remember even a single title from the album, let alone a full song. I suppose the message here is that this album, while not terrible, is completely and utterly forgettable and most likely not worth your time. On an overall scale of negative 2 to 7, I'd have to give this album a positive 1. It's below average and pretty forgettable, but hey, that's just my take on it. If you'd like to attempt to brave the full album by yourself, the name of it once again is August by Cake by Guided by Voices. That's all for today. I've been Nick, though I'm also known as Lens, Klesk, Floatstar, Meerkat, or just that dude who can't dress himself properly in public. I'm less fond of that last one. As always, you can send in a review request by emailing publicaffairs at wknc.org or by sending a tweet to at wknc underscore eot. Thanks again for listening in, and I'll speak to you all again next time. Welcome back. You are listening to Eye on the Triangle on 88.1 WKNC. The time is 522, and I'm Nick Weaver, still.
I am now in the present instead of a pre-recorded uh, review. So, Marissa, uh, it's time for our daily discussion, isn't it? Yes. Uh, during this segment, we want to discuss interesting and current cultural happenings in the triangle and around the country and maybe around the world. Haven't gotten that far yet. but Maybe. In the future, perhaps. But this week, we're going to be talking about Coachella. Uh, if you're not familiar with Coachella, it's one of the biggest music festivals in the United States. Uh, probably one of the biggest in the world, I think, at this point, maybe. I mean, honestly, if you said biggest music festival, I'd probably say Coachella. So Yeah, I mean, it's the one that everybody knows. I mean, there's that in Bonnaroo, and they, they've, they've both got their reputations around them. So um, uh, one of the biggest things about the Coachella lineup this year is that it was just really weird. Yeah, like I was looking through because I was just curious. It was like... An odd mixture of like rap, like indie pop. There's my, my favorite thing is that looking through this list, we have like here's the here's like some of the big artists from the lineup. You have Bastille, uh, Capital Cities, Crystal Castles, Castles, Crystal Castles, and uh, DJ Khaled, Father John Misty, Future, Kendrick Lamar, Lady Gaga, Radiohead, Mac DeMarco, and Mitski. And then like right dead center of everybody else on the lineup you have Hans Zimmer the guy that did the Inception soundtrack who's like a classical composer type guy and that's just so weird to me I just like I honestly didn't know Coachella had like this scale and this variety I thought it was like big names like Vampire Weekend Lady Gaga like those kind of people right and now it's a bunch of like uh, pop artists mixed with really tiny indie bands like we saw Lemon Twigs that were there uh, headlining for uh, Sunflower Bean at Pinhook what two, three months ago? Yeah, they're like really up and coming from what I've gathered. They're we like, didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, dad rock band, like new dad rock. They have that whole vibe going on where they're, they're pretending to be from the 70s. They'll, <laughs> they'll harass the sound guys asking for more slap back every two seconds. They'll wander around the stage as if they're on psychedelic uh, paraphernalia. It's, it's a crazy show to watch to be sure, but I just didn't know they were big enough for Coachella. Yeah, no, it's just like, I didn't even know that that many artists that we actually play here on WKNC would be featured on the Coachella list either. I thought it was just like once I like once I said, as I said earlier, that it was like mostly big names. Right. Uh, One of the big names that I had my eye on is Radiohead. Uh, As anyone who knows me knows, I am one of the biggest Radiohead fans. I just the the interesting thing about them is that they had horrible sound issues recently and a lot of people were really mad at at, at Coachella because you know you assume that when an artist is having technical difficulties it's going to be the venue's fault because usually people will wire through the venue thing is it was actually 100% on Radiohead it was their soundboard that kept shutting off during their set and uh i think three songs got cut off midway because their soundboard kept shutting off and they specifically they bring their own soundboard they bring their own guy to run the soundboard and nobody else is allowed to touch it so you know a really tough time that Coachella got for that when it it was all Radiohead and just a bad situation all around to be in. Well, yeah, I think I've learned a lot about Coachella. If I had the money, I think I'd definitely love to go. Oh, I I would. I mean, just to see Radiohead. It's impossible to get Radiohead tickets. You know that? They sell out in 10 minutes. They sell out in 10 minutes. They go out in like, not even 10 minutes. They sell out in 10 seconds. Who are we even kidding? They're a stadium band at this point. It's true. I want those tickets. I want... Just Rick and Morty can have their Szechuan sauce. I want Radiohead tickets. That's my goal. <laughs> Nine seasons, a whole story arc. Give me Radiohead tickets. That's all I need in my life. <sighs> Anyways, that about does it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. It's a little cold outside. Usually we talk about the weather in our outro. It is actually a little dreary this afternoon. We've had nippy. it in the script for like three weeks. <laughs> Um, as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know at publicaffairs at wknc.org. 
And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle over the summer. We will not be on the air next week. Uh, I think our first show of the summer will be May, mm. second week of May. Yeah, second week of, well, actually, I'll be out of town, so. We'll see, we'll to see. To be decided. <laughs> TBD. But uh, yeah, check in on our Facebook and Twitter to see the announcement for that. Um, I'd like to thank all of our contributors, including Will Mayo and the rest of our staff here at Eye on the Triangle. Our intro and outro music is Connie by L1011. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Marissa Jern. And I'm Nick Weaver, wishing you all a great Wednesday afternoon.